like that um, Wham Christmas song. It's a good one. I like so, the hymns that are in minor keys. Me too. The haunt, they're like haunting. Yeah. 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 But I don't like any of the rest of it. And I hate I like the like, pop Ooh, I like it all. It's, Except for the last Christmas. Uh, I like Mariah Carey's. You know what is a fucking one, yeah. What? That's a Which piece one? of shit Christmas song. I was just song. saying that, that Wham Christmas song. That's, that's, yeah. that's my literal favorite Christmas song. The one I was just singing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what? my least favorite Christmas song. What is wrong with you? Did you say you didn't like Jimmy Eat World? I I used to be obsessed with Jimmy Eat World. Cover I had a it. Weezer and a Jimmy Eat World sticker on they my They cover that, and it's fucking great. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. You know what is a good, you know what is a good ass song? It's all the old, old Christmas music, like Green Sleeves, like the original old shit, like yeah. the chamber music. That shit is fucking Because it's kind of creepy. That's what I like. That's what's good about it. Well, and so I like it better when I get to actually play it on the handbells. Like it's like Game playing of Thrones. It. Like it sounds like fucking I love those white eyes. dun 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 <laughs> if you want to see me go into like a barbarian rage, it, just play that Paul McCartney Christmas song. How's it go? Simply having wonderful, wonderful Christmas, Christmas time. It's yeah. the worst. That makes me want to shoot somebody. All, yes, you have. Yes, you have. Yeah, you've, you've, heard, you've heard it. You've definitely heard it. But it's it's the one that's like he just wants it to be played now. It's like the fire is up. The something's here. It's and got blah, like blah, weird blah. sense in it. It's so fucking. Okay, bad. so I, I've listened to everything Paul McCartney's ever done. Except not that. ringing a bell. <laughs> Never heard this. Then you, you have not actually one? listened to everything he's ever done. Well, that's true. Wonderful Christmas. You don't oh, know this song for real? It's like, <laughs> hey, when I'm on my deathbed, can you guys come in and do exactly what you just did? Because <laughs> I want to know. I want to know for a fact I'm going to hell. <laughs> as soon as they're done, you're like walking in the door like, simply have it. After they do that, you're just like, <laughs> Like, there is another <laughs> You've never heard this. Play it. This am. is it. What do you this mean? Is, <laughs> this is the song. I let it play. Hey, Paul, if you're listening, I liked your new album, but what the fuck? What the fuck were you thinking? $10 million. I am 100% yeah. certain that Paul McCartney is listening to our podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine getting a one-star review from Paul McCartney? <laughs> Sir Paul McCartney, a nice. Hey, fuck you! I like that song. <laughs> Tom Hardy's got really? yeah, sucks dicks. <laughs> it sucks a bag of dicks. <laughs> but he'll be nice about it because he and I share a birthday. So. Oh sweet. Yeah. Oh. Hey, both. Rachel, it's Paul McCartney. Just want to make sure you're having a happy birthday, and I want to let you know your podcast super sub Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul. That's what I thought you'd think. <laughs> yeah, fuck all you. <laughs> Episode one for Christmas time by Paul McCartney will play in the background everywhere we go. Until <laughs> Alan goes. Into a foaming rage. I'll just leave. Yeah. What level yeah. of the nine layers of hell is that? Uh, it's the eleventh. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> the eleventh layer of the nine. <laughs> it's just you're just in one in a room that like you can't see the edge of with one spotlight. And Paul McCartney's like, "Oh hey." <laughs> Think anyone would be bad enough to get here? <laughs> he pulls out his synthesizer. Yeah, it's Pew, 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 Pew. He pulls out a fucking <laughs> like four dollar guitar <laughs> <laughs> from fucking KB Toys. <laughs> <laughs> He's got one of those fucking like echo microphones yeah, yeah. in the kitchen. Like, I hope you're ready for this because it goes on for the next fifteen years. I've been writing this song for an eternity. <laughs> you have to sit and eat an entire fruitcake while I play. 
<laughs> the, ele- the eleventh layer of hell is fucking weird. <laughs> Hey, listeners. Hey, fuckers. You guys ready to play? No. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You want me to do the recap? Uh, Yeah. I'd love for you to do the recap, Caleb. Wes wrote all this really important stuff, and we bypassed all of it. Yep. That is sort of what happened. And then we played through an illusory version of Snow White, and then these little guys- There are seven of them. Drug us into the ground, and boom. Recap. Complete. Wow, Caleb, really nice recap. I liked it a lot. You know who else would like that recap? Dice Envy, who sponsors this podcast. (laughs) Dice Envy, they take really good care of us. We've been rolling with their dice, and they've been treating my players pretty well. And they've twenty uh, after twenty. Yeah, twenties twenties for life, I think now. I legitimately fucking love my dice. Yeah. Alan has they're so mean. Alan has some dice that are unique to him, and you should get some dice that are unique to you. Head over to diceenvy.com and you can enter the code HitDicePod at checkout. Go through their extensive AF collection. They have wooden dice, metal dice, see-through magic dice, regular dice. It's crazy how many dice they have. You're gonna get 10% off of anything that you get over there by entering the code HitDicePod at checkout. Also, you should check out their subscription box. Consider getting everyone on Hit Dice one, because how fun would that be? So fun. And if you want to get yourself one, too, buy us things. Why not? The subscription box is a lot of fun because you can choose to pay $5 a month all the way up to like $300 a month. And you can choose the amount of content you get. And I heard that this month, Last Flickering Light is going to be in the <gasps> subscription box. Shut the fuck up. Very really? exciting. Oh, yeah. That's cool as shit. You yeah. want that box. So if you want to get some <laughs> dice and uh, your hands, your dirty little grubby nasty goblin hands on our custom adventure, head on over to Dice Envy. And if you do get something, you know, post a picture of it. Show us. It's like you're part of the family when you do that. It's you, me, Caleb, Rachel, Alan, Jonathan, and Paul McCartney. But post a picture of whatever you get or just yourself or just tweet or Facebook or Instagram at us. Our handles on all of those are Hit Dice Pod. I'm Wes Cordell, and I'm joined by my fantastic players here in our humble studio. To my right, I got Jonathan Ganong. Hey, I'm playing... Hey. Well, Garwin, the divination wizard name. <gasps> Alan Clark! I'm playing Patches, the uh, half-elf thief rogue. <laughs> Who knows? It's Rachel Watkins! Patches. patches is just Patches. That's all we need to know. Um, I'm Rachel, and I'm playing Callista, the tiefling bard. Yes. Uh, I think I was doing an inventory. I think she holds the most magic items of the entire party. <laughs> I might be a little bit My of a collector. Marvel yeah. has the well, most There's that. <laughs> and <laughs> Caleb Hanks. I'm Caleb Hanks and I play the guy on the buffalo. Just kidding, he's dead. Fuck your dreams. <laughs> I play, fuck your dreams. Too I play soon. Ulysses, Ulysses, fire baby. He is an elf, alcoholic, arcane trickster, rogue. Me too, weird. <laughs> so the last time on Hit Dice, y'all done went and saved yourselves some spurf nebbling. Your little friend in the elemental plane of Earth, which you have accidentally found yourself in during a super crazy drow ritual raid and counterattack from your friends in the elven court. A ritual raid. Ritual raid. You guys found yourself in the elemental plane of Earth. You met a little Neblin deep gnome. His name is Dirthmek. He was injured and he is meek and coy, but has proven very helpful. You've helped him save his partner and his family from the Dao, which are the Earth elementals that sort of seem to run this place. 
On top of that, you met a turtle, you met some stone witches, Not and you saw some minotaurs. Not a turtle. <laughs> you did manage to, uh, for the time being at least, fool a Dow guard or a Dow market salesman, slave trader is what he is. And you took all of Dirthmex family back from them, <clears throat> and you guys, as you were leaving, were pulled into a tunnel with him and all of his family. And if you want some more recap than that, something that is a little more established and a little more specific, you can head over to our website, hitdicepod.com, and the whole summary's up there. Let's play some Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. So as you all sit in this stone tunnel under the earth, everyone here has dark vision, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe so. Maybe it's easier to say, does anyone not? <laughs> so you're sitting in this tunnel underneath this market, and underneath this market, you can still hear this earth grinding and shifting above you on top of these footsteps of these things. And just as easily as these Sverf Neblin were able to pull you down into the earth and they were able to submerge into it themselves, you know that many creatures on this plane can also do that. You all left uh, a Dow slave trader up top with a rope in his hand, a mage hand pulling it taunt so that he thought there was still pressure on it. Um, yeah, and you got inspiration for that. You guys aren't really sure what's going on up there right now. It's impossible to see, but here before you, Dirthmek sits. And Dirthmek is a little Spurf Neblin. Those are deep gnomes. They live deep underground. He has this charcoal blue skin with these really navy dark blue freckles all over him. He is balding uh, in a really interesting pattern. It, it sort of goes on both sides of his head, and he still has a hairline up through the middle, almost to where his eyes meet, and it grows really long and wildly, almost like a big mohawk that's sticking out everywhere. He wears these very simple robes, and his arm is in a sling. He, is, he currently has his head buried in one of these others for Fneblin, and where we left off, he's just sort of sitting here in front of you, like heaving into this person, like sobbing. And they do have their arm around him, but they're looking out to you. And what is maybe a little bit uncomfortable is that every one of these deep gnomes, all seven of them, except for Dirthmek, are completely nude. Like they, they're all in chains. They're all like totally naked and exposed. And they're huddled up and they're looking around. None of them are really talking, but there is uh, a deep gnome here just like looking at you. And it's the one that Dirthmek has his arms around. It, his face is a little longer. Like a lot of these Firth Neblin have these really wide dwarven like faces. His face is a little more gaunt and he stands a little taller than all of the others. He seems a lot more muscular. And as he looks out to you, he has this really long shaggy hair that sits over his face. You can tell at some point it was well-kempt, but it's just since been tousled. And he just has like dirt and blood that's stained and all in it. He looks out to all of you. You can see these cuts around his wrists where these shackles are on him too tight. And as his calloused white eyes look out to you, as Dirthmek is like sobbing into his shoulder, he's like, the less time we are here, the better. We should move. Just a reminder, too, that we are all also still in gender bent. Um, oh, right. Costumes. You guys are all in drag. <laughs> You're telling me, motherfuckers. And, uh, and Dirthmek is actually wearing that raven robe that you all had made. Yeah. Uh, you all had these raven robes and he put his on immediately. So he has this black uh, robe on that has a white raven emblazoned on the front of it. Before I um, had the kind of gray tank top thing that I wear, mm-hmm. I do I did have some robes of like just regular whatever the fuck rogue shit. I like to rip them up and start handing them out to the okay. um, to the gnomes. As you start to rip this up, the gnome that uh, Dirthmek is around, he like stands up and he like kisses him on the side of the cheek and he's like, "It's gonna be okay now." And he looks out to you and he's like, "We appreciate the gesture, but the sooner we leave, the better. We have no time to clothe ourselves. Heard. We've been nude for weeks. It's time to move." All right. Okay. Heard that. And uh, as he stands up, he says, it's a day and a half's walk from here, so okay. we need to start moving. A as day we, and a half? Okay, yeah, totally cool. <laughs> as we walk, I start trying to cover up their fuzzy nuggets and such. 
Okay. Yeah. As you're walking, I'm like, this I'm just giving them up. some stuff. There are up. two. There are two children with you all. These are not all adults. There is one very elderly, deep gnome. She sits in front of you. She ch- attempts to cover herself, but she seems more interested in the children and in making sure that they're okay. The children do start to sob and they do seem scared. And she keeps reassuring them over in the corner. She's whispering something to them. But as this other deep gnome stands up, there are two other males and there is a female, and they are standing there. They've been pretty quiet and they've been pretty meek. They're all obviously damaged in some capacity and they're all certainly damaged physically you can see the cuts on them some of their arms don't seem to be working the way they should you can see them holding them up like to avoid some sort of pain or overextension and as they begin to walk they all grit their teeth and they stand up and they start to move behind this other deep gnome this other deep gnome has taken the lead Dirthmek is right behind him and as he's talking you can hear Dirthmek go Shandil I'm I never thought I would see you again these people have helped me and they have helped us and we owed them a great deal I told them that when we get back, I could take them to the mirror works if uh, they are accessible. This other Sferf Neblin, Shondil, looks back to you all and says, we do owe you a great debt, but it is only seven of us. I fear they took hundreds more. This is a small pact, and while I do feel some immediate relief, I fear for the worst when we return to Macrananek. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so we're, we're actively on the way, Yep. correct? Yep. Okay. I say, hey... You don't owe me shit. <clears throat> I don't speak for everybody else, but I don't need anything. My civic duty to help you all out. We, we'd sort of need to get home. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to stay. How yeah. far are we from the mirror works? Goblin, surf, surf goblin, easy Mac. Sean Dill turns. Uh, well, he actually, Sean Dill does not turn to you. He seems determined and he is moving forward. He only turns to check on the other deep gnomes that are now partially clothed, thanks to Van ripping up this old robe that he had. Boom. They are at least covering their uh, privates. Their butt and, cheeks. <laughs> yeah, their little gnomish butt cheeks are covered up. And as he is walking forward, he doesn't turn to you and he says, The sevenfold maze works. It's the third layer into it. All of our tunnels, they lead to the fourth. We can visit any of the ones you'd like to see. You're lucky that Dirthmek survived. He's the only one who knows how to use the mirror works. And we can take you to them once we return to the city. It is beneath it. What's going on with the mirror works? What that's, are we? That's we don't how we anything. can get home. We yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, but we definitely <clears throat> want an elemental stone of earth, right? right. Yeah. The reason he might be the only one who can work it is because he might have one on him. Yeah. Have yeah. we, we, but we haven't asked him. We'll hey, Dirthmek. There will be a time when it's appropriate to ask about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think <clears throat> right now. And Dirthmek says, friends, I am happy to return you home. I owe you a great deal. But I can send you anywhere you would like to go. There are other uh, planes of existence, and there are many places to go. But the material plane is a simple trip. I can pinpoint that pretty easily. Darth Macaroni, are you saying that we have to go through the maze works to get there, though? Our tunnels will bypass any of the labyrinth that you would have to go through to get to the tunnels. It is part of our greater work, uh, a work I fear has been destroyed with the Dao Raid. Our city was hidden before they come there, and I have my suspicions on why they may have finally found us, but I cannot be sure until we return to the city. At some point, I guess we'll have to decide if we want to go home or if we want to go to, like, another plane and get another... Stone. We have to get one from here first. Also, or are we kind of just like quietly discussing this? Yeah, I mean, we're I feel walking like he was, for a yeah, day. Yeah, we're walking in conversation with yeah, quietly. Um, I don't know if we want to hear them. 
let them hear us. I don't think but, they uh, could do They're walking ahead anything. of us. Is that our main goal, though? Are we trying We're to trying find to the, stones. the stone? I think what we've learned is that we, we need those. Um, also, yeah. do we have ways of holding... I mean, it's not going to be a fire, but... Or is this gemstone going to be as powerful and, like... Deadly to hold. Also, we're not. We're not. I don't. We're. We don't know to a certainty that the elemental stone of fire that we have is still at one hundred percent. You know, definitely not at one hundred percent capacity. And we gave it to uh, Thunder Dick. Thunder Dick. You know what we ought to do? Uh, He is absolutely one hundred percent using every day. Why don't we just fucking go buy a bag of holding to put all the stones in? Would that not be the best way to transport those fucking things? You Maybe. kind of hold it for a second and then you throw it in the bag and then it just hangs out together. in the nether realm for a minute. I think we just figured out our end game. Well, yeah. we're not going to get one from these fucking guys. <laughs> well, we know that, but yeah, they keep they keep plotting ahead. They do mm-hmm. sit back. And as you look ahead, it seems as though Shondil is holding one of the children. He has it like thrown over his shoulder. It has since fallen asleep. You can see the soot and the bruises on this small child's face. As Sferf Neblin age, they get like really gaunt, dull features like a dwarf, a lot like a dwarf. But the children, like they still look very young. Their skin isn't as dark blue as the adults. It's like this very light, beautiful blue, almost like water as they're sitting there. But uh, the younger girl has fallen asleep on Shondil's shoulder and the older woman has the little boy's hand and she's holding it as everyone is walking ahead of you guys. Uh, These tunnels are enormous, by the way. You guys are not on your like hands and feet crawling. I had this view of us being a little tiny space, so thank you. Yeah. If our main goal is to get the stone... Like, do you think we should bring this up to Darth Macaroni while we may be closer to it? We're kind of in the middle of the realm. What are we waiting for? Don't Where... we need to be, like, at full capacity? Yeah, full Where did capacity. you guys put the last one? It's with Thunderdick. I remember it's, that. It's with <laughs> canonical Thunderdick. Thunderdick! <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think we should bring it up to old Darth Mac. We should probably talk to someone who knows about this shit and confirm that the stone is not going to be legitimate. At some point, we should actually like, back, intentionally go to one of these places and know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's <laughs> a great idea. accidentally stumbling into like, it. <laughs> I, think it's like, I, I am voting that we talk to Dirthmic and, and bring up the idea of an elemental stone now. See what he knows about it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. I would, yes, talk to him whenever. I don't want to bring up, we think you have one in your pocket and should give it to us. <laughs> no, we'll just ask him. Like, why not, though? Uh, he, he would give, like, why wouldn't... Dude, he's he, an ally. He's a total ally. It might be the only thing that's allow, going to allow him to protect his people going forward. Arwell, you're also really smart. You want to handle <laughs> yeah. this? Wild Patches. You're tactful. I'm really <laughs> impressed with like, your character <laughs> development. Trot on up uh, <laughs> to get closer to Darth Mac. Um, and be like, hey, Darth Mac. Yeah, and uh, he looks at you and he's like, oh, hello. And it's obvious he's lost in thought. You all have been walking for about a half a day now. Yeah. You've been ripping up these clothes to give to these deep gnomes. Your feet are all starting to hurt. You are mm-hmm. growing tired. And as you were walking through this, this old woman walks up to you. She has these like ratty robes that Van used to use, like tied around her midsection and like around her hips and her waist. Mm-hmm. And she comes up and she she picks up this little boy and she's like, I appreciate everything you've done for us, but... My legs are weary. Could you hold this little one and let me rest? Oh, Calypso runs forward to get the little boy. 
Okay. You want to pick She's up? She's been wanting to compare skin tones for some time. And I now. go, sure. Okay. And I, <laughs> yeah. and comes running up. I say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, she, let me hold she, her. She like picks him up by his arms and hands uh-huh. him to you. He's not an infant by any means, and mm-hmm. he's a little bigger than a toddler, but it's obvious okay. that he's very tired, and you can see in his eyes that just a little bit of despair, and like a, he's like obviously frightened. He's shaking still. Does the other yeah. kid look like I that? Just, the other kid's him. still asleep on Shondell's shoulder. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I get him up on my hip and sort of in place so he can put his head on my shoulder, mm-hmm. and then use my tail to hold him up, get out the lute, and play us a nice like. Distracting song, maybe that's like. Sean Dill turns and he says, "Put that away." Oh, oh, oh! Yeah, we are trying to make a sneaky escape. I didn't realize we could be that easily detected here. These tunnels, everything around them and in them, can feel every vibration, and you all right. are already making plenty. Okay, I flip it behind me and just whisper stories in the little guy's ear instead. Okay. Yeah. And as as you're, you want to roll performance just for funs with sincerest apologies. Sure, I'll roll some performance. I am going to steal your wooden dice. They're so fucking cool. No. <laughs> I would never do that, but those are fucking <laughs> sweet. They're pretty great. That's a twenty six. Wow. So I've been. Calista's been sort of like background working on the epic of the, the adventures so far, and so she's just telling him um, the tale of. Not fighting the shambling mound, but of coming through that really cool grove when it was so healthy and growing so incredibly and how beautiful it was and all the magical things that can be seen on yeah. the and as on you our were, plane. As you were telling this beautiful story of this other world that these gnomes have no idea what it actually <laughs> looks like, you do see the ease in a little boy. He's no longer shaking. You can feel his his breathing isn't as spastic. It slows, mm-hmm. as do a lot of the other deep gnomes. It's it, it seems like you're just pulling their minds away from where they're at, and they're able to like put themselves somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But you do put them all at ease. Yay, good. <sighs> Nicely done, party bard. So <sighs> you put these deep gnomes at ease, party which uh, may even, I don't know, help... Arwol in his conversation with Drithmag, which we'll do now. Everybody's chill. Uh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) I I was listening to your friend's story. I I was a little lost in my own thoughts. You snuck up on me. Yeah, how are you? (sighs) Better now. Good. uh, Thanks to you all, of course. Yeah, totally. We're happy to help. Um, Yeah, his little calloused white eyes are looking in your direction, though you're not sure if he's looking directly at you. His head has certainly turned your way. Getting us back home, how exactly do you go about doing that? It is as Sean Dill said, everything has a vibration. Everything has a song. He's also saying you're the only one who can. What's, what's your trick? Well, uh, to use an instrument, you have to know how to tune it. And I have something that can tune the mirror works. Oh, what is it? And he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out this stone. It's big in his hand and it looks it just looks like a regular old rock it's sharp it's sharp on either point almost like a football mm-hmm. but it you can see it, like this rugged rock is just sitting in his hand it takes both of his hands to hold the entire thing as he pulls it out you just hear van go <laughs> 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 may i and i hold my hands up I, I, just for I guess, a second i would like to just inspect it sure i i don't see why not Cool. And he holds it out to you. You you grab it, and the weight of this thing, mm-hmm. it's like heavy nice. in your hand. Uh, why have it on my hand? Can I roll Arcana just to kind of fill it out? I don't know if it's magic or not, sure. Yeah, uh, 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the 24, as you hold this rock in your hands, you feel the weight of it. And the weight of it is, it's not that strange. It's a rock. Rocks are heavy, right? But what's mm-hmm. strange is how plain it looks. It looks like yeah. a regular old rock, but as soon as it touches your hands, you feel this spark. And your hair stands on end, and you can feel this power emanating off of it. Though, with an arcana check, you're not really sure what it okay. is. Um, I'm casting Identify. So you would know Boom. that this is a greater elemental stone of Earth. Cool. Its power is not completely unlocked 
yet. Okay. You know the elemental stones can be used to enhance their element in any way, shape, or form you see fit as long as you are molding it. So, for instance, the fires could make your kiln a little more powerful if you were a blacksmith, or you could make the earth or of a structure like the, the or the stone of something around you crack or more sturdy or any of those kind of things. You can also summon an earthen elemental with it if uh, you so chose. And with Identify, you now know how to do that. Mm-hmm. You know the proper steps that you need to take to summon an elemental to your side with this. This is a pretty special stone. And I hand it back to him. Yeah, and, um, and he takes it and he says, this has been passed down my family for a very long time. How rare are those around here? Well, this is the only one that I know of. Okay. Uh, there was one in the palace. There was? Mm-hmm. How do you know that? <laughs> because I cast a uh, locate object. Yeah. And it was that's how I knew he had one in his pocket, and there was one kind of toward the palace. There's at least one more. Um, and, anyway, and are we all, are, are you having this conversation yeah. over to the side? or we, just kinda, He's up at the front with Dirk Mac. Yeah, yeah. uh, I'm just mm-hmm. up front with him, kind of being quiet so as not to disturb Shondale because he seems intense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does seem intense. Um, <laughs> I ca- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up and I want to ask Dirk Mac a question as well. Okay. Um, since I see the stone. Um, I, just say, I know that fucking look in your eyes, um, man. No, I'm not gonna fucking steal it. I know um, that, but I'm. I just say, <laughs> yoink. Uh, <laughs> Mac, how often do you use this thing? I don't use it that often because the mirror works are a dangerous place to go. Yes. The mirror works are a sacred place far beneath the temple of Intimok, and I don't use it that often. It takes a toll on me. But as I said before, I I think that well. I have my suspicions of how the Tao found our community well hidden with many thousands of years of magics. Not an easy thing to find. I think this stone is what led them there. I kind of want to look at everybody and be like, can I like be like completely like candid with Dirthmack? We cool with that? I think we're at a point where that's appropriate. Okay. Um, this stone is, or not necessarily this stone. That's we true. need a stone like this. If not this one, we need a stone like this to stop some terrible things from happening on our plane. You have brought back to me the only things that matter to me. This stone, it is not important. So we can have it? We'll give you a bean. (laughs) (laughs) It all depends. Okay, all right. Only if he uses it immediately so we can see what happens. (laughs) I I cannot give this to you now because I do not know the state of Macrananek. If we are to get there, and things are calm, I can send you to another plane, and I can send you home with this. But if I need to use it to help my people, I will use it as long as I must. Of course. But once I'm done, I think it's best if I was rid of it. You're very sweet. Would you have told us that you detected another one in that church, or the temple? Yeah, (laughs) the church. We could just tell him. Oh, if he needs if he needs another one, he can't go in. Oh, he can't go in. He would be instantly marked as a slave. Yeah. Oh, but that's what he told us. Well, we could just say, look, we know that there are other, I say this to him, we know that there are other stones like this around. If you're in need of them, again, I think if you look hard enough, you could probably find one. But at the same time, I think you might be onto something, Dirthmeck. Yeah. Um, if the Dow are looking for power, which they are, they will absolutely find a way to find stones like you have. True. The vibrations in this, and, and all of the deep gnomes go quiet when he says that. They are loud. They are powerful. This has been passed down in my family for many millennia, and we call it the heart of Earth, but 
it's really the heart of our people. And if we are broken and if we are taken, then I think that it isn't worth keeping. We were safer without it. And we don't need to use the sevenfold maze works. We don't need to use the mirror works. We just need to be safe. I completely agree that you don't Mm -hmm. need it. And we may, given time, if we have time, I might be able to leave you with something that could help protect you. You have already done so much for us. You have returned the only thing that matters to me. You can have it if it's important to you. Thank it you. is. It is. We appreciate the shit out of that, bro. Yeah. And Sean Dill, he, with this child still on his shoulder, he reaches over and he puts his hand on Dirth Mech to comfort him. You can see that he's like deeply disturbed, whether it's by this heart of earth or by what's all of the events. Like you can see his head continually like going to the floor and watching his feet as he walks. But I could never repay you. Not even with this. This heirloom, it means nothing. Without my family, it is worthless. Um, can I roll insight on Shondil? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, not awful. Not oh, shit. good. <laughs> we don't do that very often, guys. Um, oh, and my insight's not bad either. Hey. This not shit insight is brought to you by <laughs> Johnny <laughs> Woo! No, yeah, like for the first time, uh, like, well, we've had a couple. Anyway, at 17. You think that Shondil is just very protective. You notice as you guys are walking that he is holding back affection for Dirthmek in this, and he is pushing forward. You can see it in these slight gestures, in his eyes glancing over to him, in his hands rising up to touch him. And at, right before he does it, you can see his head start to move back and forth. He's watching behind you. He's watching in front of you. You think he's just rushing to get home mm-hmm. and to get these people there safely. You met him butt naked. You doubt that he's h- hiding anything physical or right. anything <laughs> like that. Um, or is he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I give Darth Mech a hug. Be like, yeah, thank you for, thank you for that. Um, we'll help each other out as much as we can till the end. Just to kind of help out the party, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to just tell Ori to constantly be doing circles. Okay. If she sees anything weird or kind yeah. of off uh, mm-hmm. to pocket dimension and come back to my shoulder and just let me know. Okay, great. Um, just roll a perception since she's actively perceiving and we'll okay. keep whatever yeah. she rolls. She gets advantage, thank God. Not great. Um, nine. Nine, still. So uh, she, she goes with a nine. And at this point, you all have been talking with these deep gnomes. There have definitely been these moments of silence, like deep, disturbing silence as they are walking. It's, a, it's very heavy and it's very sullen and it's very quiet. And you're feeling this the entire time you were walking with these people. And those moments keep popping up when you're not speaking out loud to them, when you're not speaking mm-hmm. with one another and you can really just feel it. And it just becomes obvious for those moments that you're not just in some tunnel under a mountain. Like you have no idea where you are. You were in a plane that is made completely of solid earth. And these gnomes are guiding you through these strange tunnels that they've built over millennia. Yeah. And you're just in this really alien place. You can hear these grindings. You can hear these tremors off in the distance and all around you. This rubble is falling, but unlike the big cavern you were in, unlike just outside of the city, it never collapses. It never falls on you. The plane is shifting constantly. You can hear it, but these tunnels don't change. They are steadfast. They are permanent. And as these deep gnome are walking, you, Shondil turns to you all and says, a day of travel has taken its toll on us. I'm surprised we made it this far. We should rest. Okay. How, how long are we resting? <laughs> Tiamat's tiny. Everybody looks Everybody at me now every time we rest. <laughs> yeah, are we, how long are we? The children, they need a solid night's sleep. And we've already asked you of so much, but I must ask you one more thing. If you have food... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We haven't eaten in days. Yeah. Um, I'll absolutely kind of offer out some of my rations and some of my water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so you, you ration these out. The, the children, they eat, the, the adults eat 
after the children and the children eat quickly. They don't even chew this food. One of them even chokes and is like hitting their chest. Uh, they're not like full on Heimlich choking, but like the adults are mm-hmm. like, chew your food, chew your food. Um, as they're speaking to them and the kids are like drinking this water, they have m- way more than their fair share, but none of the adults seem disturbed by this. And then the adults ration out what's left as they are eating this. As Sean Dill drinks this water, you can see this little bit of a smile come across his long face in between the shaggy hair that he has. And he just says, it tastes like the water from Cranny. It's very good. And we don't get it very often. You've blessed us in more ways than one. We will repay you. I don't know if any of you could. And Dirthmeck stops him and he says, I will keep watch. I am rested. Oh no, and get ready for another blessing. Group up, kids. (laughs) And I make them a little dome over them. It won't fit all of us, so we're going to have to sleep outside of it. Oh, I'm fine with that. I'm putting them in. All the gnomes are in there? I want to make the stars swirl on the outside of it so they can see what our sky looks like at night. Okay. Sure, and you explain this to them. and Mm -hmm. uh, They have have a a great rest. You can see the satisfaction on their faces. You can see that they feel safe. All of you are sleeping outside of this. Dirthmeck is keeping watch. Uh, Uh, You read Good Night Moon. Or he's still... Uh, oh, okay. okay. Company. Sure, um, awesome. Uh, you all sit here as you are getting your bedrolls out, as you are preparing to take your second rest in this alien realm. Is there anything you guys would like to do? I want to kind of go around and kind of just have my book of medicine out and see if I can help, like, anyone's shoulders or their arms or kind of just, like, okay. help the adults and every might need a little... Sure, I'll let you roll medicine with advantage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I've got okay. some... <laughs> I can burn some spells for the rest. <laughs> How likely do I think it is that we're going to get a true full night's rest here? You could roll uh, survival, and okay. I'll, I'll give you an answer. What did you roll? Uh, mod 20. I rolled a mod 20. You think that the children, um, they have been well protected. Mm-hmm. You can tell from the different bruisings and the different scratchings on the adults that they have been beaten pretty harshly, all of them. The kids only have a few minor bruises and scratches, and it actually seems like it's from them falling. Scraped, oh, okay. scraped knees and bruised elbows and things like that, maybe just not being able to keep up with the rest of them. Yeah. But some of the adults have dislocated shoulders. Okay. They have what you think might be like fractured ankles. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see there's like some internal bleeding on the only other adult male gnome. His he ha- he like They all have this dark blue skin, which makes it harder to um, assess what exactly is going on. But you can see this really disturbing green and purple starting to form around his ribs, and you think mm. it's some sort of internal bleeding. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the older woman seems to, her left arm seems to be dislocated. You think that would be the easiest to fix of okay. all of this. The internal bleeding would probably take a cleric, or uh, a really advanced healer, at least. Mm. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come over to him and cast a healing word okay. at third level. So it's going to get an extra D4 for each level. So three D4s. Wow. D4s. It's, who is it that's bleeding? It's Darth Maul, People right? want to no, 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 fuck no. It's, it's the other male gnome. The, oh, the other male mm-hmm. gnome. Yeah, I'm just going to... the other male Sferfneblin deep gnome. I'm just going to talk to him about how the strength that we see in him and his people. Fling him, suckers. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Seven. Mm. Okay. Eight plus my mm. spellcasting ability modifier. Twelve. Twelve, yeah. Callista walks up and she places her hands on these ribs. There, this deep gnome sits in front of you. He has a, a super makeshift shift loincloth that is from Van's old tattered robes. And he looks up to you. His face is very wide. He has this big bulbous nose. It's red, which is kind of strange to see on this face. As you put your hand on his side and you're telling him that he's going to be okay, that they're taken care of now, that they're safe, and you're like blessing him, you're casting this healing word, you, you hear him and you feel him. <gasps> Take this big breath and sit back. And he like reaches at his rib and he looks up to you and he goes, it doesn't hurt anymore. Good. And he takes his breath and he's like, 
I didn't realize how constricted it was until just now. I couldn't breathe before this. He just takes these big breaths and he's catching it and he like oh. leans back. They're still bruising all over mm-hmm. his side. Like the blood is still pocketed in there, but he's breathing normally again. He's not taking those shallow breaths anymore. Or will would uh, you yeah, have to... like and this will hurt. Now try to put her arm back in. Okay. I'll use your mod. I'll use your mod 20 toward that. And okay. so, Arl, you walk Bless. up. You walk up and uh and sh- you you say this will hurt and she is she's already gritting her teeth and looking away from it, but she has her she's like holding it up with her other arm toward you. Yeah. Arl walks up and you all hear this loud resonating like <laughs> as this shoulder just like Ew. gets crushed back into place and she just like really quick and then like grits her teeth and grabs it and then like as she's shaking, she looks over to you and she's like, "Thank you." Yeah, totally. We're getting good at that. <laughs> yeah. Harl's <laughs> just like <laughs> popping arms into place. Anyone else? Right. Anyone else? <laughs> um, you think then, the worst yeah. of their wounds are taken care of? They definitely still have scrapes and bruises and scars, and they like have some dried blood in all of their white hair. Cool. You think that they are at least going to live through the night? The two that looked the worst and that needed the most attention have been attended to. Cool. Then I'm going to spend some time and pull out shit out of my backpack and make a, uh, another music box. Um, so Arwell's just tinkering after he's put this woman's shoulder back into place, lost in his thought and his practice. Yeah, sleepy time right. for worship. Arwell is Arwell is focusing deeply as he goes to sleep. Van is trancing. Dirthmek is keeping watch. As you are resting, Dirthmek speaks out and he just says, "Truly, no one has ever done anything this great for me. I, I did not even know you all before yesterday. I, I don't know what to say, but I will watch over you tonight. Sleep well, friends. We we're almost home." And give him a little hug. And mm-hmm. We're really glad you found us, Dirthmick. You also my quarter stuff is just a weapon for now. Okay, yeah, he hold, he sits there and he holds it. As you all go to sleep in the strange cavern, the earth shifts all around you. Uh, Dirthmick assures you that the the earth will not cave this place. That this place is made cool. of magic and it is made of something else. And as you are going to sleep, Arwol does uh, fall into a very deep dream. And as Arwol is falling into this dream, you are sitting out on a tundra. And there is a cold, bitter wind that is just blowing right through your bones. You are completely alone. And in this tundra, there are no small twigs from these trees that are growing up. There are no hills. It seems like it's this flat, white void. But the snow is obviously falling in front of your face. What's strange is there is another person ahead of you. And they just barely come into vision when you start to look around. And the closer you get to them, the more you realize that they're mimicking your every movement. Hmm. And the closer you get to them, you realize that there is just a single mirror standing out in the center of this field. And you reach your hand up to touch it, and as you go to touch it, you feel a shake. A big one. Your whole body falls and crumples, and then you wake up. And you realize that the shake was actually within this tunnel. And all of you are shaken awake by it. And Dirthmek is wide-eyed, and he says... Friends, I think it's time to go now. I think it is time to go now. We have to go now. And he starts screaming. He's like, everybody, wake up. And he's obviously desperate. He's running toward this place. And as he looks back to all of you, you see Shondil getting up. And as Shondil looks over to you, you see him wide-eyed. And he says, they aren't earthwalkers. They don't have tremor sense. And as he gets up, he's grabbing these children and he's running. And you all see this enormous figure burst through the side of this tunnel. Everyone needs to make a dexterity saving throw. I'm using my inspiration. Okay. Okay. I'm going to use my inspiration. (laughs) 
Eleven. Eleven? Mod 20. Mod 20? 27. 27? Yes. You a dexterous motherfucker. The gnomes are all far out of the way, but you aren't all sure exactly what's going on. And the next thing you know, this tunnel is completely cleaved in half. And this enormous, you have no idea what it is, but this purple is just rushing by you. You can see the color, obviously. And in front of you, Van is going to take eight bludgeoning damage. As this thing pushes Van to the floor and these rocks fly out, you can see him starting to get up. You are knocked prone for the moment. And then this color is gone. And you can see this enormous hole that it has burrowed through this place. And you see the gnomes, and they're looking back to you, and they're waving forward. And Shondil just looks out to you all, and he says, A worm! It's a worm! Run! And they're all, like, busting ass down this cavern. And as you all are standing here, you start to feel the earth shaking one more time. And we're going to do a skill challenge. Yay! (laughs) Sort of. You got a short rest. You got a short rest. rest. Okay. A gargantuan creature is the perfect time to use a fucking bean. I'll, I'll be one hundred percent honest with you. I agree. <laughs> you guys are screaming this as the cavern is like crumbling. Yes, no, we are. Like, yeah. What are they talking about beans for? Um, so, <laughs> uh, just a reminder: a skill challenge is when each of you are you can choose any skill that is on your list, and you need to use it in any creative way. You're basically trying to convince me as the dungeon master that you could use it in such a way. I'm just encouraging you guys to get creative with your skills. There are a certain amount of successes and a certain amount of failures, which I have written down over here already. This thing, it crushes through this place, and as it is coming back, it is making its way toward all of you, and you can feel that ground. You're all already screaming. These deep gnome are gone. They are out of this thing. They are running down this tunnel as quick as they can. Bye. Shondil and Darthmech have both yelled out to you all that you need to run as well. And as they are all running, they're picking up these children. You all are sitting here. This earth starts to shake around you. And as it does, you all need to make another dexterity saving throw. Oh, God. Eleven. Again. God damn it. Okay, so, yeah, Jonathan's dice is not weighted in some weird, shady way. Mm-hmm. Oh, no! Patches? 15. Callista? 14. Nice. So Patches and Callista, are you feel it coming, and you just take off running down mm-hmm. this hall toward these deep gnomes. Arwol and Van are, <laughs> this, this is great, because they're yelling at each other about who can throw a about bean beans. the best, <laughs> and Van's like, what better time to use a bean than now? And Arwol's like yelling back to him, and as this happens, Van, you are going to take five bludgeoning damage, and you're going to fall prone. I was already prone. <laughs> you're, you're still prone then. Arwell, you, you are going prone? to take 13 bludgeoning damage as this hits you. And yeah, and as this hits you, Dirthmech still has uh, your staff. And with the natural one, as you fall, your glove is like knocked off and <gasps> right in front of you on the ground. Okay. Arwell is prone. His glove is lying about 10 feet ahead of him down this hallway. And it, my hand is so white. <laughs> It's like gross. <laughs> it looks like you dipped it in paint. Yeah. Patches, you're up. Callista's on deck. Mm-hmm. Then Van, then Arwell. Okay, so since I am first, I want to do something that will help all of us. Can I try to time it with my black bow, Hunter's Market, so I know where it is? Ooh, yeah. You got to choose a skill to use for that, though. That would be sleight of hand, I guess. Totally. Because I'm, I'm aiming and trying to time it and everything. I buy it. Roll it. 
19. Nice. Yeah, there that's a success. Goes. Patches and Callista start running. Patches turns around. You see him pull this arrow back. And as he does, you see this bow. It's black, right? It's black it wood. It is black. You everything see, I have, all right. my clothes, all my daggers, my bow, so everything cool. is black. You see, you see this smoke form around it. You see the wood tighten up on it. And Patches says a few words, looses this arrow. And as this worm is going past a second time, you all hear it roar out as it comes past. This strange screeching that almost sounds like an earthquake itself. You can see it scales like pushing past you in this cavern and as it does you see this arrow fly and it hits the only reason you think it might have landed is because as soon as it hits it becomes a black blur itself and is pulled up into this and seeing this worm's body you're not really sure how big it is though it is obviously enormous but seeing how quickly this arrow is pulled away makes you realize that this thing is fucking huge like the size of an entire train almost as it is plowing through this earth and how easily it is biting through this earth and moving through it is uh, horrifying to say the least. Theoretically I can kind of like I'm directing traffic or something I can kind of give everybody a heads up sure. like where it's coming from. Okay that's fun. Callista. I'm going to roll a performance check. Okay. Oh, you better. And what I want to do is use thaumaturgy to create vibrations Far from us. Oh, on the off chance that what it's actually going for is sensing the movements that our sounds and movements That's are making. That's fun. Little Miss Smart. Roll your performance. Smart. Okay. Can Maybe. I use my inspiration? Yeah, of course. That gives me a extra roll. Mm -hmm. Yes. Two more. <laughs> one lower. Oh no. <laughs> but, yeah, but you get to add your. It's we a know that much. fourteen. What? Yeah, that's a success. Okay. <laughs> So y'all see me sort of like, as I'm dodging it, I'm rolling across the corridor trying to get away from where it emerges. And you see me sort of look off away from everybody and you hear me just like cursing and infernal under my breath. But you don't really know what it means. But it's what I, I'm basically just throwing my voice over there and creating those rumblings and okay. weird noises in the Patches, earth far, far from us. You would know that this worm has changed its course. At what it seemed to be doing was wrapping around in a giant semicircle and coming back toward where you all are. Uh, this time it's wrapping toward a different direction, so it doesn't seem to be coming straight at and all I'm of like, you. Shh, 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 okay, well, can, and talking's a reaction, yes, right? Yes, it is. So I'm going to just, I'm just like, it worked. Oh, very quietly, that's right. And as a free it action, worked. I say, Patches, did you see where its mouth is? When it came through the wall, did we see a mouth? It's moving too fast, I think. Yeah, but it's a blur. I'm telling you, it's going it's going to go for where Callista made that distraction. I ready a bean in an invisible mage hand. You can gonna, fucking hold it like right where the fuck it's, yeah. The, dude, I'm going to use the invisible, yes. mage, invisible mage hand to go right into its fucking mouth. Hell, I'm just going to hold it's it. Gonna, like, I'm going to yeah, and just yeah. like fucking take. Yes. That's awesome. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to use perception. Okay. Because I'm going to try to um, hold the bean where I think it's going to pop through the wall sure. and then eat it. All right. Patches is sort of directing you like, go toward Glissa's thing. You know it's going toward her. What'd it you roll? What is a nine. Oh. Total? Yeah. So Van gets his mage hand and he's Fuck. like floating it over there. That is a failure. Arbel's up. All right. So I'm going to use half my speed or whatever mm -hmm. to get up. And I am uh, grabbing my glove. Okay. Putting it back on. Yes. So as I'm just like trying to hightail it mm -hmm. that way, I'm going to roll nature on it and see if I can be able to give any advice to the team on any okay. information about Great. the worm. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Dice jam. Not, not one. <laughs> oh, no! I knew Justin maybe just let the good dice pass, but he wouldn't have so, it. So... 
It's it's safe to say that you guys are nothing. fucking rattled with this thing coming in. <laughs> like you're all like, oh, we got it together, we got a good plan." But it is a lot harder to push through with that plan than you had previously thought. I mean, a monster the size of a small village is actively trying to eat all of you, and you all are shouting out about these beans. Van isn't able to get his hand in the right place. Arwell is like trying to look at it, but it's just too damn fast and it's too far away. It's not an elemental beast or anything. You've never seen anything like it yeah. before. It's it's really strange. And as this is happening, the gnomes are going to yell back to you, and Shondil says, if you can get up here, I can give you earth walking, but I'm not coming to you all. I have the children. As this is happening, you all feel this shake. Again, this tunnel seems to have three additional tunnels coming off of it now, and the tunnels that are coming off of it are far bigger than the tunnel that you were in previously. But you can see these two other tunnels branching off from this place where this worm is, and then a fourth one is made. As it comes up and through the earth where Callista was making these sounds using this thaumaturgy to And that goes it. on for a full minute. So okay, yeah. it should be and so it's, out there for it's, a it like tears through this thing, and you all are still running down this up toward the deep gnomes, and as it tears through this, none of you we're going to take any uh, damages. You're um, welcome. Patches is up. Kalissa's on deck. Then Van, then normal. I'm going to try to be acrobatic. So the mage hand with the bean is still up there, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You wouldn't know. It's up there. You can't see it. It's invisible. His mage hand is invisible because he's an arcane Anything trickster. that I hold goes invisible, too. Yeah, you have no clue where it's at. I Oh, so I want a fucking bean. Can I just get, can I get a bean? Yeah, there's a, a whole pack. He's got the beans. I'm laying on the ground. I'm prone. Using my mate. Okay, you can I take a over. bean. I'm gonna run over. I'm gonna use acrobatics. I'm gonna <laughs> run over to where Callista's distraction was. Where do I think it is? Is it coming back? Like, is it circling back around? Oh yeah, you around? know where it is actually. So you think that it, it's coming right for you guys? Like it went to do a circle, and instead it's like coming. As right. a free action, I, I suggest that you don't stomp. do this. What? As a free action, I suggest you do not do this. Patches jumps in the mouth with a bean. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, why are you going to put yourself out there Do when it! I can hold the thing this is patches. away from us? The thing's going to eat you. Patches is going to patch. You're going to patch it up. <laughs> You're going to die, too. What? Uh, this, is, this was my fucking plan. The size of a village. Well, then I'll have plenty <laughs> of room in its stomach. It takes you know, a village. Myself out. Acrobatics, it's coming right for us. Huh? Everybody, you know, I'm like telling everybody to to jump away. I'm going to stomp my foot on the ground and drop a bean right where I stomped my foot. <laughs> drop a bean and okay. and like jump out of the way. I'm rolling acrobatics. Okay, <laughs> dude, if this if you fail, my mage hand is also going to pick that thing up. I ain't going to waste it? a bean. It's a thirteen. Ah, it's a success. <laughs> <laughs> so Patches stomps his foot and he's holding this bean out and he's telling you guys to keep running. Um, as you do this, you know that this worm is coming right fucking for you. Um, Calista, you're up. Okay. So did um, it swallow the bean? It's not there yet. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I stomp, drop the bean on the ground and then... Acrobatic run away. Okay. Basically. We are still doing the thing where if somebody's already used a certain mm-hmm. skill, the rest of us yep. can't do it. So, okay. That's right. I'm going to attempt some stealth nice. and try to run mm-hmm. away sneakily towards our gnome friends and try to get me some earth walking. Yo. Okay. Yeah. Imagine it like I'm, yeah. it's ballet. I'm dancing on point. So, like, just my tips of yeah. my toes are touching the ground. And I'm like, totally. Away. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. Hopefully. 14. Yeah. 
14 is a success. So you all see Callista. She does get up on her tiptoes and she runs ahead. She's using her tail to keep her up as well. You have like mm-hmm. three points of tripod. And as you are running up toward these deep gnomes, you do get close enough. And Dirthmek has fallen to the back. And just like they did before in the free trade market, Dirthmek grabs your arm. And as he grabs it, you feel this overwhelming sense of everything around you. Like you don't feel like you're in this tunnel anymore. You feel like your vision has expanded like this tunnel is made of glass and like you can see all of these things through it you can see all of these you guys know they're called zorn now they're just tunneling and digging but they all seem to have started to dig away from your location (laughs) and as you look behind you you see patches is standing there and something that is so big that you can barely even see it in your field of vision is coming right up toward where he is, like right from under him, almost as if you're looking into the water and like a giant leviathan is coming up through it toward where Patches is. Callista panics and just screams, Patches, run! <laughs> Somebody get him, oh my God! Pan is up. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use intimidation and I'm gonna use uh, minor illusion to make a sound of f- big footsteps running away from where Patches is. Okay. What? No, no, you're fucking up my whole plan. I also have a bean. Uh, <laughs> it's a nat fucking twenty. Woo! <laughs> All right. Sorry, bro. I want to be the one that makes him follow the bean. That's fine. So yeah, friendly you're trying to as, long as, it, the bean. as long as it eats a bean. What if we summon a unicorn like in its stomach or something? <laughs> Look at this. Battle oh, royale. We made it worse. It's a mage hand because I am just like focused on the magic. The mage hand with the bean is going where the footsteps are going. Last up, we got Arl. Come on, baby. I want to, I would just like, I'm freaking out. Nothing's going well for me. I'm going to just do athletics and dash. And I'm just going to like tap into dance. my like myself. You're just trying to get the fuck out of dodge. And I'm rolling a 11, so I get a 12. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. So Arl's like, <laughs> I fucking knew it. This is what interrupted my dream. Like, yeah, your, your yeah. portents are a little bit off, yet you still have them. And you get up and you take off running. And as you do... You guys once more feel the earth shift. Callista, though you can't literally see these things, it's more of a feeling like a sonar of the bat. But you know this enormous thing is just underneath you all's feet. And as it is breaking the surface of this place, I need Van to roll a D100 for me. (sighs) 70 and 2. Okay. Okay. It's a potted plant. Say it's a potted As plant. As this thing is coming up and at you, its maw is coming straight through this fucking tunnel. I mean, down it, like right at all of you. You can see this thing coming. This mate chan opens up, and you just see this little bean floating into its mouth. And As this bean floats into its mouth, you all see a little leaf. It splits, and this little leaf comes up and out of it, and it sparkles, and it shines, and this maw is fucking ripping down this tunnel toward all of you, and the next thing you know, this tree stretches and like slams its mouth up against both sides of this cave. You can see straight down its throat. You see, as this thing is like coming to a halt, it looks like this tree is still growing from each end, like bigger and bigger and bigger. And this thing starts writhing. Oh my God. Just like writhing in these tunnels. You can feel feel the earth like shaking all around you. Oh my God. And as this is happening, these fruit grow from its branches. You can see it on the inside of this worm's mouth as it is sitting there like struggling. There are these fruit that are like sitting there. You all have not seen fruit like these ever before in your lives as they are sitting on the branches of this strange 
trunk that has like pierced through this worm's mouth. This worm is still very much alive. It is just being kept in this place for now. Like it is, it is ten feet away from you. You can see its teeth; they are grinding. You can see the like diamond head that this thing has, all the scales, all of these like crazy horns hanging off of it, and it's like writhing around. But it seems for now, this trunk is thick, by the way, like a red oak. It's big, and for now, it has this thing pinned into this place. You don't know if it can break it or not, but judging by the way it dealt with this earth, it's probably not going to hold it too long. Can I use the mage hand to knock off all the fruit I see onto yeah. the ground? Meanwhile, Callista, because she's can, with the gnomes, puts her arms around the two children gnomes and says, and that, dears, is called a tree. Just like the story! Yeah, that's what those look like. <laughs> I would like to gather some, and then I would like... I'll let you take two. I'll take two. I, I want to eat one. Fuck it. I want to take one of my... I'm taking both. Fuck it. Um, flasks of oil. It's going to be, it's not, I mean, it's, it's not going to hold it forever, but it's stuck for at least a, a little while, right? Yeah, it seems to be in great pain. Okay, I'm going to take two flasks of oil, and I'm going to throw it all over this tree, and I'm going to light the tree on fire. And just, <laughs> okay. and just let, nice. it, let it burn with Hell the tree yeah. for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and as, so Patches like throws these two flasks of oil, he uncorks them and throws them in. I have a candle, I'll throw a fucking candle at it. <laughs> okay, and this tree lights up, and as this tree lights up, it quickly grows up this trunk and these fruits uh the ones that are still in the branches they begin to shake there are about 10 others up there and as they burst they burst in these really strange colors one explodes and water just pours out of it for a really strange amount of time and then it just sizzles around this fire and goes out another explodes and you see this sticky icker like all over the side of this tree. And this, this, is this all, are these all affecting the worm also? Like yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. So you can see the sticky shit all over its mouth as water is pouring down its throat. And then another one, these lights, they like come out and they dance around one another and they shoot down this thing's incredible maw and down its throat. And you can see deep down into this thing. And what's really strange is those teeth on the front of it are not the only teeth it has. As it goes down, you realize there are hundreds it's got the of build rows of head. crushing teeth that are grinding in this thing constantly like a drill. I'm really glad that didn't eat you, Patches. <laughs> yeah, me too. And uh, um, I, Yeah, my yeah. whole thought about just oh, cut out my way out of its stomach, that wouldn't have worked, no. would it? No. And so you have, you, have two, you have two of these fruit now, and as you get these fruit, one is a strange, they both look almost like eggplants, except they have sheens on them. The way the light hits them is different. One has a green sheen to it as the light hits it, and yeah. the other the other has a crimson red sheen across it, but they both are these strange purple fruits. This I worm is still writhing behind you as it's like slamming into this place. This tree seems to have stopped growing. There's this strange icker, this water all over the place, and these lights have like gone down into its weird worm intestines. You guys, there... get up here. You gotta try this whole Earthwalker thing. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who needs Earthwalker when you have a spade? Yeah. <laughs> Heard that. I dig my own holes, thank you. <laughs> um, I throw on, the yeah. fruit in my pack. Okay. And I I get up from my prone state and try to haul ass. Yeah. So as you do, you all walk up. Shondil has these children in his arms, and as he is running with them with their hands, the children are crying loudly. You can hear their small voices, their eyes are closed, and he's just like, Keep running, keep running. And he turns <clears throat> to all of you. He grabs uh so Calissa's already been mm-hmm. touched by Dirthmech. So he touches Arwell's arm. The older woman grabs Fan and then Then the man whose internal bleeding you all stop grabs patches. And as this happens, you basically develop a sixth sense. You can feel everything all around you. And you know how big it is. You know how far away it is from you. And Shondil says, it won't last long. And that the benefit isn't what you see now and what you understand. But that nothing can hear you walking. 
You have earth. You can walk with the earth now. You can become a part of it. You can meld into it if you wish. Our tunnels are no longer barriers for you. The things you sense, you can go to them if you wish. This will last for one hour. I suggest we use it to get out of here. Let's go. Okay, do it, do it. So you all run, but it seems like no matter how far away you are with that earth sense that, or the tremor sense that you all have now and the earth walking, it seems like it's just behind you. This thing is so massive that it seems almost impossible to get away from, but you know it is still writhing far behind you, and then it will be hard for it to find you as far up here as you are. Shondil is looking back. They slow their pace. He comforts the children, and he looks to you all and says, we should be fine to walk from here, but I suggest we walk all the way to the village to avoid any other interruptions. Let's go. Heard. It was a hell of an interruption. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So you will walk through these tunnels. You have a greater sense of them. You still have another eight hours ahead of you on this walk. That worked out pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Patches, I love you, but I'm really, really glad that I got to feed the worm. <laughs> and it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Legitimately had no clue pretty well. how that was going to go. Yeah. You know what I have to say, though, is I'm kind of sad that I don't know what that tree was. I think if you eat... <laughs> I, want, I do have these two fruits. It, it looks <laughs> like if you eat a piece of fruit... It gives you, you special powers. A yeah. like, a, like a particular spell. I mean, or the fruits like fruit. bombs you can... Yeah, I mean, could you do like identify on this? Yeah, uh, so I hand the fruit to Arwol. Yeah, and I'm going to cast identify on it. We're pretty close to the village, uh, Drithbank. We are eight hours away from the village, but uh, fairly close considering how far our tunnels stretch. Uh, or we'll absolutely need to know. He's going to go, he's going to blow both identifies, or two spell slots. Okay. The first. I'm going to blow that spell slot. The first mm. is a, the first is a, like a really strange juice. And this is the green one. Okay. The green one. This would make the user, whoever drank it appear as they as though they were completely dead. Um, uh-huh. Whoever would eat this fruit feign death. Yeah, it would be it would be feign death. Okay. You would know that there is something strange about this fruit. If you were to break it down into a powder, if you were to dry it out, you could actually use it to petrify someone if you oh, were to cool. be able to poison them with it. Petrification. Cool. And what is the purple fruit? An elixir fire breath. In addition to this you would know that as long as your fire breath was active, you would be vulnerable to any magical damage. So you would mechanically take twice as much damage from any magic that was hitting you. If you got hit. If you were using, yeah, if you got yeah. hit while you were using the fire breath. I, I like strawberries and apples and the fruit yeah, of fame death. I'm, I'm um, excited for you to use those eventually. Well, I was going to use them. Uh, you guys, that was... Intense. <laughs> that was super fun. I, I love thought it was being fun. in shitty situations. Yeah, I like magic beans. Yeah, yeah. magic beans are great. Boop boop boop. Time for a commercial break. That's not the official commercial break song, but you know, here we are singing it anyway. Hey guys, it's your host and dungeon master, the hostess with the mostess, the dungeon master with the commercial break. Uh, Hey, just wanted to take a second to give a humongous shout out to our sponsor, Dice Envy. They take really good care of us, guys. They've got a really fantastic selection. All of the story arcs that are on our podcast that you're enjoying right now are brought to you by their dice, and we're seriously in love with their dice. I think we already bragged about it in-game. Their dice are really unique to each of us, and it was really easy to find a set that we could not 
leave the store without. And all you have to do to find your own unique dice that are going to roll well is head over to their website and check out their extensive collection. I promise you're going to find something that you love. And in addition to that, you can find something that your favorite gamer is going to love for the upcoming holiday season. The better news is that I'm going to help you get 10% off. At checkout, just enter the code HITDICEPOD. You're going to get 10% off the whole thing. And when you're done buying gifts for all your favorite gamers, you're going to have saved enough to buy yourself something nice too. If you want to take it a step further for them or yourself, the gift that keeps on giving are subscription boxes. And Dice Envy has a really cool system set up that you don't want to miss out on. It comes every single month and you can choose how much you're getting each month. You can start with $5 and it goes up pretty high. And based on the number you have, they are going to lay it out for you, let you know exactly what kind of content you're getting. And this month, my Dungeons and Dragons adventure is actually in the subscription box. It is an incredible one. So hop on that, guys. Go over and check out Dice Envy's incredible inventory. Enter the code HITDICEPOD at checkout, and you're going to get 10% off. Don't forget, you can never have too many dice. You all have at least left this enormous purple worm behind you all with a tree in its mouth that was on fire spewing magic into its throat. And uh, you, were, you, were, you were two magical beings short because of it. You guys have these two magical fruit. You have some rattled deep gnomes. But as you walk, you do walk for maybe another eight hours. It's hard to tell. There is no sun here. There is no way to track the time, really. You leave the dark tunnel that you've been walking through behind. And you step into what looks like another world. These aren't sinister tunnels or harsh bare stone, but a subterranean land of warm colors and surprisingly welcoming smells. There are many deep gnomes here, walking across stone walkways that are littered about an impressive city you can see even beyond this damaged wall. There are these enormous gates. They obviously serve as defenses, and they paint a picture of a paranoid people who are constantly under siege. But these gates are open for you quickly. All of these deep gnomes that are walking on these passages can be seen now as you walk through these gates. They all walk slowly and with their heads lowered. A few of them wear bandages or slings. Their arms are held up. Their eyes are patched over. The deep gnomes you can see as you enter look at you suspiciously, and they stop. There aren't many. And then they go back to their business. They begin walking across these strange walkways throughout the city. Many intricate hovels and stalagmites and stalactites have been expertly crafted and turned into multi-story buildings. But a great many of them have gaping holes. And unsettled dust still stirs around this entire city. The air is more stagnant in here than in any place you have been on this plane of existence. You can see earthen elementals. They're helping carry heavier loads. And even some strange creatures burrowing through the city, through these tunnels. But uh, you can see these earthen elementals, they're carrying stone, they're shifting it, where things have obviously been broken. Durthmek abandons his severe frown and the deep worry that has nestled into his brow. And you hear him give a deep sigh. And he nods to all of you. And he prompts you past the inner gate. Welcome to Macranenek, Horizon Walkers. Horizon Walkers. Dude, I like that way more than fans of flame. We are lucky to have you here. We did just do some pretty cool shit, if I'm honest. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, they've probably daily. never seen anyone stop a worm before. With a tree. Yeah. They've never, never seen a tree. Seen a tree. We just survived the biggest petting zoo ever. <laughs> Got to feed the animals. Yeah. So the main gate is open to you all. It is made of steel and some other fine metal. It doesn't glisten like diamonds, but it doesn't sit firm like a dark steel. But as these are open, you see these deep gnomes that are dressed very intricately on either door. And they both have hammers that are sitting over one another. And then there are two pickaxes above them as this opens up. But you do come into the city. And this city is its definitely strange. Stranger than anything you've been in. Um the buildings seem to be made out of these stalagmites and these stalactites in this place. But as you walk in, the walls of this place form intricate, strange rooms. And you can see them all in front of you. This is an entire city. It's not quite the size of Raven's Bluff, but it's obvious that it is sizable. These strange rooms are not what you're used to, though. It's as if the earth itself separates everything, distinguishes the spaces. Not everything is a building or a room, and sometimes they're neither or both. But the cavern you are in now, whatever its purpose, is magnificent. The city lies open before you. You can see clouds of dust and broken pillars and crumpled bodies. But here you feel powerful, as if something is watching over you. And something is. Visages of gods are carved all the way up the walls here, as far as you can see. Different ones. And they all seem to be looking right at you. Some bless you with gifts. Some give you land. Others raise their finely crafted weapons at enemies that you have not even seen yet. And the last help guide the souls of deep gnomes from their bodies. The only obvious structure sits before you, about a hundred yards into this cavern. It seems to be rounded and at the heart of this place. Stalactites and walls of stone circle it widely on all sides. They are pockmarked with small holes, and a few of those holes have flickering lights inside of them, which make it obvious that these used to be many, many thousands of homes in what was surely a great city. Two guards stand on either side of this entrance. This magnificent cavern stretches before you, and you were approached by a deep gnome with thick white mutton chops that sit on either side of a navy blue face. Beady eyes are barely visible between uh, all of his scars, worry lines, and all of these crazy mutton chop hairs that are all over his face. Strange leather armor adorns a stout and muscular body. He continually turns to whistle something, even as he's walking up to you all. He turns, and he whistles behind him. The leather covering his body is obviously well-worn, as it is covered in scratches and it doesn't creak when he moves. His body all but resembles a round belly with very muscular arms and legs and a deep gnome face on top of it. All right, who are all of you? Reckon we ain't seen nobody around our parts like this. I'm your girl, Kathy. How you doing, motherfucker? Man. <laughs> My name's Kathy. I don't know Van. By the way, I fed that worm totally while I was dressed like Kathy. My name's Arl, and we befriended Darth Mech here, um, and we helped him and his family get home. Helped? We fucking wrecked shit. We are the best ever. Well, if you're the best ever, then I reckon you're going <laughs> to be a great service to me and my people. Mm. There's a bunch of us <laughs> injured. There are many dangers even deeper inside of the city. And I'm sure each of us has a task that you could be helping with. Well, the fact that you've come past the gates we, means you're a friend. We, yeah, we are, but we're, we have, we're on we're a mission. Leaving. But we We're did. helping your people get home and then we're leaving. 
We saved seven of your people from slavery and we're bringing them back to your place. You don't think that that's worth a dump? I don't know what a dump is and we're certainly grateful, but... It's a cake. It's a little cake. My people are deeply injured. Our, our wounds run much further than these seven. And as the borough warden, it's my job to ensure that all jobs are handed out as such. If you don't wish to stay, we can't make you. But our city has uh, one law. Those that work, eat. Those that work are taken care of. And there's certainly much work to be done. We don't have, we don't have time to help. We are not going to accept this side quest. <laughs> <laughs> Look, your friend Kathy over here is right. Hell yeah. The Dow did come in here and enslave my people. The jobs we need you to do, they're nothing difficult. And where do you, where do you expect to go after this? You took slaves from the free trade market and you're just going to walk back out into the plain of earth? Out into the wilds? Kinda. Not exactly. Don't, you, you don't have to worry about it. Why are you worried about it? Because I run this place. Oh. I'm in charge. What's your name? Burrow Warden Stoneheart. I dig the tunnels that you safely traveled through. I see that they're well kept, uh, that the magic sustains. You got a warming tree problem back there you might want to take a look at. I don't know what no tree is, but we'll take care of it. I can tell one of the tunnels have been damaged and Mm -hmm. we'll see to it. Burrow Warden, I have to ask you a favor. We just saved seven of your people and brought them back out of slavery. Those are people that can help and, and help your village and turn your place back into a prosperous space. I have to ask you of something. Do you know of a, a item called a bag of holding? Have you heard of this? I don't know nothing about no fancy magic items. You want to talk to Cranny? I ain't going to be a no help to y'all. I don't well, know it's... nothing about these magics, and my job is here. But I'm sure if you want to go see Cranny, she'll help you out. She's a kind, if not disturbed soul. The way I see it, you'd be better off taking these poor folk to the makeshift clinic. It's over in the trader's grotto. I can point you in the direction. I'm sure that they can find some cots for them out there. We did heal them as much as our abilities allow on the way here. So it's not like we're just showing up to impose upon you. Now, I ain't trying to offend nobody here. We're just in a pretty bad way. And I ain't saying you got to heal them anymore. Just make sure they can get to the trader's grotto fine and safe. And then our healers will take care of them from there. Mm Mm-hmm. It is like a cavern. There is a giant stone wall that has all these intricate gods carved up on it, this entire pantheon. And within that, where it's not destroyed, you can see where all these homes are. And so it's sort of these multiple levels of subterranean earth. And he points behind him and he says, well, behind me is the ruby heart, something which I do want to talk to you about before you go to the trader's grotto. Mm, that sounds Which is to my left. You can take that tunnel. The trader's grotto is big. You can't miss it. It's a makeshift infirmary. Once you see all the bodies, you'll know you're there. To my right, the ethereal shine spark. That's where you'll find Cranny. That shine's pretty cool. I like the way you guys name things. Yeah. Look, Dearthmick, Shondil, the king and queen, they're dead. The Dow killed them, and they left a bane. None of us have been able to get into the ruby's heart. The singing stones, they're broken. The speaking stones have grown silent. We're worse for wear. And I think it'd be good if we got everything we could and packed it up and left. This place has been exposed. All the magics we have aren't going to keep them from knowing where we are. And they left that bane to make sure that we couldn't... Well, we can't even talk to Edamok. She ain't speaking to us anymore. And Ogremok, that's the bane they left behind those Dow. It's crippling the boon she left us. Our elementals, they're hard to control. They go into rages and into furies and they hurt us more. They keep us from leaving. It's something we got to take care of. If you're looking to get underneath the ruby heart, it's something you and your friends here are going to have to look into. 
Why would we need to go under? Well, I reckon you don't have to, but if you want to leave this place any other way than you came in. That's it. Wait, what about the mirror works? Do I say that? I, I don't feel know. like so that's how you get we there. Need to go through the ruby heart, possibly. The mirror works are under the ruby heart. I ought to know. I dug the tunnels. Okay. Okay. What What is the ruby heart? The ruby heart is it's the hall of the kings, the worship place of our gods. Oh. It's this building behind me, and he points to the only building that I mentioned to you all, mm-hmm. the rounded building that seems to be at the heart of this place. And that's Etamok? Entamok. A good, a good elemental princess of Earth. She's looked out for our people. She left us a boon here. It makes the earth elementals that we summon to our sides stronger, smarter. But the bane, it keeps us from controlling them. If they get close to it, it captivates them completely, Is sends them into a rage. an entity? Or like None of us can get presence. past the doors. As, as hard as we've tried, and those damn pecks in there, they keep us from entering it. They're trying to return the earth to its natural state, but they don't understand the desperation that my people are in. The trouble that we are. What per se Look, is a peck? They're not unlike you or me. They, there's this place. I don't know if any of y'all have ever heard of it, but it's this land, and a bunch of different people live there. And some of them are from this other place, older than you or me, older than any of our ancestors. It's called the Feywild. Uh, Never heard of it. These pecks are sort of like creatures from there. They're called. Uh, well, they look like this fellow over here. But like, uh, like my animals. name is Kathy, and I'm obviously a female. Like this woman, I'm sorry. They're closer to the earth than any of us ever are. Our people are made of earth. We are forged of it, and still they understand its intricacies like we don't. Mm. They won't listen to a damn thing we have to say. You know, for generations, the kings of Macrananek ruled from the Ruby Heart. We've tried to take it back, but evil lingers around the old structure now. A vile presence that prevents us from reclaiming it. Most importantly... We need to lay hands on the crown of our last king and queen who died there in this past raid. These, uh, these people, these guards, these people, are, these elves, you don't know where they came from or, or how they got here or anything? Well, they've been here for a while, constantly trying to reclaim the earth. The tunnels I dug, they don't like them. They think the earth should all be as it should, solid. Are they uh, ill-tempered? They're right? frightful things. They, they don't attack or lash out, but... It's hard to talk to them. They won't talk to me. What do they look like? Yellow skin, dark eyes, red hair, hmm. scrawny things. Okay. You mentioned that the speaking and the singing stones were not singing and or speaking anymore. What do you know of these things? God damn, I want to know. Well, the singing stones, we used to have great bards in this place. They would sing to our people. The morale would be raised in there. There were fine crystals. The whole walls were made out of them, and the vibrations that would come from your voice, the way they resonated it out, you've never heard anything like it. I must get in. Can you point <laughs> us in the direction of we're these going. stones? The earth sings in perfect harmony. Anyway. It's, it's past the trader's grotto, with the, where the makeshift infirmary is, and the speaking stones, well, that's where our gods speak to us, and that's where we speak to them. We make our sacrifices and our offerings to them in the ruby heart. The speaking stones, well... That's where Pingtu, our uh, village cleric, he speaks to our gods through that place. Look, if you could help us lay hands on that crown, if you could help me get to it, I'd be very grateful. It sounds like your needs align with ours anyway. What we do need before we can do that, I think, is a good, solid rest. Yeah. I have a hard time believing you'll find rest in this place. None of us have in many days. That bane, it has a way of... 
keeping you up, of making you see things that aren't there, of I'm used to that. distorting the reality <laughs> that fine. you understand. It can move the earth. It can control the elementals. Is the ethereal shine spark near the ruby heart? It's just on the other side of it. The trader's grotto is on one side and the ethereal shine spark on the other. They took all our possessions, all the things we've worked so hard for. It's, uh, it's, truly, it's truly a blessing that you've brought these people back. They are important to us. Durthmick here, his blood runs deeper and older than any of ours. He understands the stones in a way that none of us can even imagine. I hate to ask more of you, but it seems as though the fact that the tunnels were destroyed in such a way and that you made it here leads me to believe that you're stronger than we. Maybe you'll see something that we don't. You don't seem to be from around here anyway. No, that uh, place you were talking about with lots of different kinds of people. If you can get Earthcaller Segojan to speak to sing to, I'm sure that we could maybe get some answers. But if all you can do is open up the doors to the Ruby Heart, we'd be eternally grateful. Those damn pecs have sealed them off, and, well, the Dow took all of our mining equipment, so... Get who to speak to who? Uh, Segojan, the Earthcaller. He's a gnomish god. Looks a lot like this fella right here, actually. Handsome man. All that aside, I'm certain if I can get in there, we can make him sing. Don't mind us, Fussy. I'd like to talk with my party. So we step away from the warden for a second, and I use my real voice. I know that we don't really need to spend too much time here. Mildly interested in all this shit (laughs) that he's talking about, because it sounds super crazy. They're all about to leave. Why do we need to stay for any length of time? I don't know. It just that's to, the only way out. We need to get to the ruby heart. I'm just saying we need to get to the to get to the mirror work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah, what yeah. we need to do to get to the mirror. I work. just yeah. want to do a quick stop and see if I can find a bag of holding. And if we can't, okay. no worries. Yeah, that's fair. Totally. Oh, that's all I want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Warden, I think we'd like to make our fucking fancy way down to uh, the entrance of the ruby heart. And maybe try to get those singing stones to whistle a, whistle a little tune. I don't know much about any of that, but if you could open the ruby heart back up to us, I'd be very grateful, as would all my people. And he yeah. turns back as he's talking to you, and he whistles. And you see these enormous creatures come out of these walls. They are like these humongous, like almost like badgers, but they are, they stand as tall as Van and Patches, and I guess Callista as well. They stand Mm -hmm. as tall as you, though they sit on all fours, but they have these huge paws like moles, but they're like completely black with these like glazed over white eyes that you can see. And as he whistles, they stop right in front of him and he does a few more intricate whistles and then he points back and over toward these stones and they turn and the way the way that they move this earth these creatures it's like butter underneath their claws as they like it's this thick solid stone but they just peel through it and you can see their bodies just pushing and like developing these big tunnels around it don't mind them they're some helpful critters i've had them around my entire life one of the many jobs of the burrow warden. I got to keep them digging. I think we need to head towards the infirmary. All right. So we're going to go. We're going to take these people to the infirmary. Then we're going to go find a bag of holding, potentially. And then we're going to go to the Ruby Heart. Or are we going to try to take a we, long we rest? I think we should at least try to rest. To rest. Would, I'm, yeah, I'm, As you all are walking through this place, a deep gnome comes running up. Like from the where you all are about to go toward the trader's grotto comes running up, has this really strange vest on these bindings around his feet and his hair is shaved very short on the sides and it sticks up tall on the top. As he runs to you, his face is a little longer, just like Sean Dills. And as this deep gnome runs up, Darth Mike's like, oh, hello, Fendrick. It's good to see you. Well, 
And this other deep gnome, obviously named Fendrick, comes shouting up to you all. And he's like, yes, hello. Uh, where did you all come from? You were in the free market. Is that right? Ain't none of your business as far as I'm concerned, motherfucker. I don't even really know where we were. Where, what, what's up? Yeah, we were in the free market. This bane that I'm sure the borough warden has talked to all of you about uh-huh. is affecting our people in a very negative way. We used to have allies on the outside, some that could take our salts and our gems to the market and trade them freely. We cannot, for obvious reasons, and the Dow took all of our weapons. If you agreed to take salts and gems to the free trade market and buy us Durgar weapons, they could surely help our people and we could give you a cut. How much we talking? Whatever's left. Whatever money is left from the weapons and a weapon of your choice, if you so see fit. No. I hear you on that. Let me ask you some bitch question. Can you secure our party with a bag of holding if we do the thing? The entire reason I'm sending you to the market is because many of our items have been taken from us. We're defenseless. I, I, I don't have a bag of holding. He's saying but he doesn't have one for you. If if anyone had it, it would be it would be cranny. I'm okay. not sure it'd be wise for us to go back there at this point, since we just tricked somebody into freeing your friends here. Sorry, little brother. I think today your fortune just took a dump. <laughs> yeah, he, and as you all walk past him, I assume uh, he says, "Perhaps we were all already dead anyway." Um, and he Ooh, starts. What a to, weird thing to say. He starts to walk oh, up toward no, the. No guilt there. Thanks. <laughs> he, starts, <laughs> he starts to walk up toward the borough warden. He's talking to him. You all continue to walk to the right of the ruby heart. And as you do, the earth descends, but it doesn't become a cave. It just gets deeper into these plates, if you, if you can imagine that. There are these plates that are rising up above you, this pantheon that is carved all over this place. It seems to sprawl, and they, their eyes seem to follow you no matter where you go. And as you walk into this place, enormous petrified mushrooms line this strange street. The ceiling of the cavern is almost too high to see, and the stone mushrooms reach high into that darkness. Some of them have been cut down at their stalks, and the rubble from them lies strewn about a destroyed walkway. In the center of all the broken carts and stalls that once promised alien trade for a prospering people, a makeshift infirmary sits instead. Two healers are running between the multitude of bloody cots here. There doesn't seem to be an open one in sight. And the injured number of Sferfneblin must be close to 100. The healers seem to be of each sex. One is female, the other male. The female healer screams out as soon as you come into the entrance of this place. Well, don't just stand there. Make yourselves useful. Come on. Everybody is so fucking needy. Like, can we just drop (laughs) off the fucking deep gnomes and then go to see Cranny? I mean, technically, yeah. I didn't mean to offend you. Please come here. Me? Yes, you. Come here. I kind of like look at everybody and. You're a needed person. I'm just laughing. Um, <laughs> they need you specifically. She's standing okay. by. She's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. What? What's up? Yeah. So you walk down to her. Uh, she she has the these eyes like the others. Her face is all that is showing. Her and this other male gnome that are running back and forth. Uh, they have this really strange white clothing on. There is black soot all over it, but it is obvious that these clothes are meant to be somewhat sanitary. You can see blood splashed across the front of this. And as she looks to you, she has her hand on top of this deep gnome and she walks away from it. And as soon as she lifts her hand from that bandage, you see this blood start to pour out from under it. And she says, put your hand on the bandage. 
God damn it. Okay. I mean, uh, fuck. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, and she comes over and she starts snipping it. She puts this tape over the top of it. She has this bowl and she is moving her hand around it. There's some sort of gems and crystals on the inside of this. And as she moves them, they seem to like disintegrate a little at a time. And she pulls out this paste and puts it over the bandage. And you see that blood stop. And she goes, that wasn't so hard now, was it? Well, no, that was You wasn't. saved the life of one deep gnome. I'm sure that you will feel grateful for that. I'm sure your heart swells with it. But what we really need oh, yeah. is water. And as she's saying this, you notice that the male deep gnome that is standing behind her looks up to her. And though their eyes are glazed over and white, you can still see him roll his eyes at her. And he, like, goes back to bandaging up these people. I like the... I like him. I like the <laughs> one that rolls his eyes. <laughs> Do you say that with your mouth? Yes. <laughs> well... Krell, Krell is a great assistant, just like you. And what we really need here is water. We'll take care I of your friends. I literally can't even see a person without them asking me to do a whole, like, thing for them. What, you need water? I need, can I just give her some water? While I appreciate it, this is not going to be enough for 100 deep gnomes. Uh, we're also I have to get enough water here. for 100 deep gnomes? <laughs> Fuck this. Friend, calm down. Listen, hear me out. So quick to action. So quick to run your mouth. All you need to do is run to Cranny. She has the water supply for us. It will be very easy to bring back over here. Oh, we're going to see her anyway. Oh, well, see, that works out then, doesn't it? It does. Well, that right oh. um, Maybe you should listen more and talk less. I think the thing is bothering Patches. Yeah, you were, you were the one. So everywhere we go, patches. people are demanding things of us. Y'all well, need to calm down when strangers work. show up. There's much work to be done. In this city, if you work, you were fed, you were taken care of. That's yeah, how it goes. Yeah, that's what we hear. We, just we have not seven been taken care of. We have not been fed. We are not trying to be taken care of or fed. We as are much of a no-no as Patches is, he's incredibly likable. <laughs> Isn't he? <laughs> yes, your friend is very likable. He's been a great help. And uh, my name is Jalels. Perhaps our customs are different, but uh, here everyone has a job, and I just thought you would be happy to help me save the life of a few deep gnomes. Very pushy. Very I, pushy. I've heard that before. In Patches' If defense. you're not pushy, people tend to walk away. Look at you here, helping me now. Seems to have worked out for me so far. Wouldn't you agree? Okay, sure. That's true. Um, I, I gotta get away from this. Well, Patches, <laughs> Patches like, has... Oh, <laughs> he saved the life of seven dwarves today. I mean, gnomes. Her hand reaches over and she grabs your wrist gently and she looks up to you and for a moment she takes a breath and says, how many wounded have you brought to me? Seven or seven so? Seven more. And she looks back and she says, Krell, prepare seven cots. Our friends have... Injuries, serious ones that need to be tended, and we will take care of your friends, and we will take care of you. Do you have anything needed, need, that needs tending? Uh, they're not so much our friends as much as they are your people. So, you know, we, I'm doing you a favor. You're not doing me a favor by taking them in. And we're going to go see Cranny, and that's all. We're going to stop talking now, or at least you and I, and I'm, I'm going to leave. Yeah, and she's crushing these gems up, and she says, it's hard to keep a positive demeanor. I'm, I'm sorry if I came across as rude, but... I have. We're not. I, we're not talking anymore. I'm it's leaving. It's amazing you didn't do well in clerical school. <laughs> yeah, especially when you broke that guy's leg. <laughs> that yeah. was already broken. She she reaches she reaches into she reaches into this bowl of these gems, and Krell, this other deep gnome, sits up and he says, "Joel, quickly!" And she runs over and she puts her hands on this deep gnome that is like having a hard time breathing. She pulls these crystals out. They've been smushed in. She wipes it over it, and as she does, you see her body just fall limp a bit. Another one. Very well. Well, Akata's opened up for your friends. You may bring them over here. Oh my God. Okay, great. I'm I'm glad that a I'm glad that a cot opened up for my friends. Um, I'm gonna go see Cranny now. God damn it! 
I'm going to see Cranny, everyone. Cosmodoptimus. Let's go, Patches. Okay. We've done as much healing as our own skills allow on these seven on our way here. Where is Ping to? She's not going to let us fucking go. We have to stop yeah. and go. We, we have out. To go. She, she we walks. Have to she, she walks over as you all are walking away. As Patches like, we need to fucking get out of here. <laughs> and she runs over. You can hear something clinking. Oh and God. as it is clinking, she hands a bag to you and says, five healing potions. The most I can do. He sometimes comes to help out. Mostly though, he's at the Speaking Stones, listening for the old voices. This is the cleric. Mm -hmm. But they have fallen silent. He thinks they're going to come help us. I, I'm not even a cleric. I have no medical training. I only know how to make these powders from these crystals. We're doing the best we can with what we have. Krell, luckily, is trained a little in medicine, but as I said, neither of us are devout or blessed. We're doing what we can with what we have. Right. If you do see Ping Tu, send him my way. Sure. We have to stop talking to this bitch and leave. We're going to. I was just trying to be helpful. Yeah, Patches. well, she's not going to let us just leave. <laughs> Petches. <laughs> and don't let... <sighs> oh, God, here she goes. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to a word that Stoneheart has to say to you. Okay. He's only looking out for himself, and I appreciate your help here. I'm sorry for the, for the loss of your people, but... Uh, we got to get the fuck out of here. And <laughs> Kathy which, takes out the um, takes off out of the Which way to Cranny? We know. we know that Cranny was on just the oh, okay. exact opposite well, we way of the way he um, came here. And do we need vessels to bring the water back, or does Cranny have? That? Are we bringing the water back? Did we commit to that? Well, then. And she also said that the health potions potions were all she had to give us. So ain't no reward from that side quest. I'm heading well, my ass to Cranny. Kathy is walking her bustle up. To Cranny. Okay. You will walk basically to the other side of this ruby heart. You still see the Burrow Warden Stoneheart. He is sitting there whistling. These giant, strange, mole-like badger creatures are digging through the earth uh, to and fro. They're going down the tunnels you all came from. He's sending a few guards, excuse me, down it. But as you go to the other side of the ruby heart, you still see these this pantheon all around you in this really strange dome-like city. It almost seems as if they're turning as you walk into this place. You walk into an alcove that is utterly destroyed. Stone rubble lies all around you, and gaping holes in the ceiling and floor reveal where stalagmites and earthen columns once stood. A single figure moves back and forth within this space. She keeps returning to an unsteady shelf made of broken fragments of slate stone. She places something small on it, but it slides off, and it falls to the ground and it breaks. As it breaks, it echoes into this cavern. And this figure just looks down at the shattered mess on the floor. It's your girl, Kathy. I'm looking for Cranny. An aged Sphirf Neblin shuffles and turns to you all. She's shifting stones and moving small pieces to a distinguished pile while she looks at you. Her robes drag the ground beneath her. She is hunched as she walks. And an enormous, cumbersome white braid hangs over her shoulder and pulls the wrinkles on her face tight. Like, from the weight of it. Her face and eyes are attentive despite her obvious age. And they brighten as she spots you. Hello. Uh, welcome to my shop. Uh, the ethereal shine spark. It was once the greatest magic store in my Kraninek. I'm I'm Cranny Nickel Checker. Who are you? Cranny, don't you ever say that this used to be the greatest shop. Because I think it's still pretty awesome. In the times that you are living in right now, this looks beautiful. I come to you in a great time of need. My name is your girl, Kathy, and I am very much in need 
of a bag of holding. Do you happen to have one of these in stock? <laughs> Cut to the chase. Hell yeah. Of, of course. I, as I said, I have the most reputable magic store in all of this city. Uh, please. And, and she cracks a smile and shakes her head. Browse my wares. And she holds her hand out and you all just see this like destroyed stone all around her. She like stops her gesturing at this makeshift shelf that she's made. Um, and she's just like, everything here is made finely, crafted with the finest magics, carefully. And it's all for sale. Granny, I'm so glad to hear that. So you do have a bag of holding in stock. Oh, of, of course. I, I'm sure with a quick perusal of my wares, you would find one easily. So I find the bag of holding? Uh, are you going to, like, go look? Th- yeah. Uh, yeah, you think that this place is just totally she destroyed? Has no clue. She's insane. I don't, find a, I don't find a bag of holding. No. I say, thank you, Cranny. But Kathy's got to go make some fucking gobs. And go find a real bag Wait, of holding. I, I want to, I don't know, maybe do a perception or investigation to see, like, what is, like, what she does have. Yeah. Like, that I can physically see. Can I do that, um, too, actually? Sure. An investigation. You can roll investigation. That's what's happening. It's an eight. Oh. Mine is a 14. A 14? An investigation. I forgot about that. You find a few (laughs) potion bottles among the rubble. Um, Two of them are broken. Uh, Their contents are spilled out on the floor, but you do find one that is this like strange silvery liquid. And it is in a really nice decanter style vial. Uh, Patches, you don't notice anything else. You think this place is just completely destroyed. Um, You can see by the look on this woman's face is she's she's like looking at something, things that are not there. Like she's looking around this place. Okay, bye. How much for this? What is this? Uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. a, A potion of invisibility. Obviously, uh, but in addition, she says, in addition to the invisibility, it will also let you uh, walk in the earth. It will give you tremor sense. You would be undetectable by even things here. They wouldn't know where you stepped uh, and you would know where they were. Honey, how much you want for this thing? And, and you see her demeanor sink and her shoulders sink. And she just says, you can keep it. I give her fifty gold. Like I just lay it. I just lay it down on the on the, like the counter. I guess it's, it's not really. Gonna yeah, I just lay it. <laughs> I lay pretty, it in front of her. It's pretty bad. There's I like, just lay it's it in front like of her. Piles of rubble all around her. And I just say, I hope one day you can rebuild your shop. I'm rebuilding it now. Rock and roll. All right, let's get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Um, I'm sorry, Miss Cranny. It was Thank mentioned you. that you have um, the water source here oh. for the infirmary. She pulls a strange crystalline horn from beneath her robes. With an intricate strap attached to either end of it so it can be slung over her shoulder easily. There is a decanter top on it that seems very fine and it sits snugly in place. A very small amount of water can be seen sloshing back and forth in this thing. What the fuck? I'm certain it's magical. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you typically get the water to the infirmary? Uh, you can just carry it over there if you like. Oh, okay. Okay. May we? Perhaps sure. would you like to come and perhaps you could help them dispense the water and when some people perhaps are well, they could help you. become a patient at the infirmary as well. <laughs> oh, I, think I, have, fine, I have no injuries. I am fine, though I, I appreciate your concern. But perhaps when some of the people there have healed a bit, they could come back and help you rebuild. Yes, well, the water will be of great service to them then. Mm-hmm. Uh, what brings you to the city? You are not deep known. Well, we sort of came to this whole place... Accidentally, um, she starts. She has her giant braid in her hand. Mm-hmm. She's like just 
playing with it as but you But we talked happened to, to meet Dirthmik, and he's become a good oh, friend to us. And we helped. Man. Yes. Uh, we helped free his family and lover from slavery and brought them back here. So that's why we've come to your city. Sean Dill, a good match for young Dirthmik. Mm-hmm. Too timid. He needs someone to snap him into shape. <laughs> Sean Dill does a good job of that. What do you hope to gain from the city? Why have you not left? We are a broken people. Well, it is Dirthmik seems we're to we're have trying, the only girl. way to get us back to our own home. So we're hoping to, by helping him, that he'll be able to, in return, help us. <laughs> the sevenfold, you're going to the sevenfold maze, to the mirror works. Yes. Oh, so I'm sure you've heard of the Bane and the Ruby's Heart. We have. Let me tell you something that Burrow Ward and Stoneheart won't listen to. Mm, please. And I cannot do anything about it my age. There's an evil spirit, you see, but it was haunting McCrennanek long before the Tao showed up. Now the creature keeps to the Ruby Heart and the metal works. But who's to say it's going to stay there? Once it gets the idea and it's gravel head to send all of its elementals our way, there won't be much we can do. We are already hurt. But pecs have moved into the metalworks, into the Hall of Earth. They know elementals. They are elementals. And if anyone can help us, you, deal with Ogre Mox Bane, it's them. Talk to them. Stoneheart won't. Do what you can. Stoneheart might not thank you for it. But I will. I assure you, the gratitude of an old woman is something to be treasured. And she gives you a wink. And we're going to end the episode right there. Hmm. Awesome. Bye-bye, everybody. Guess who, brother? That's right. It's your favorite wrestler. Can you think of anything more metal than being underground and going to the metalworks and taking back the ruby heart from Ogremox Bay? I sure as hell can't, and I cannot wait to see our heroes lay the smackdown next Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. As you all know, events this big and muscular can't just be put in a chokehold by anyone. Keeping a production like this going takes a lot of work and support. And trust me, I give all of my support. I hug them and squeeze them and I put them in a chokehold and I lay the smack down on them. If you're as passionate as I am about supporting your favorite Dungeon Break podcast, well, doing it's easy, and I got good news for you. All you need to do is whatever device you're looking on right now, go ahead and take a long, hard look at it. Tap the five-star review and let this podcast, the players, and the DM know they're doing a great job. If you want to keep up to date on all of the macho wrestling matches, or I mean episodes, or, or any recent updates with this fine cast and crew, all you gotta do is follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Their handle on all of them is Hit Dice Pod. And God, if that ain't a strong handle, almost as strong as my arm grip. Additionally, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors. If you can't see the flags here on the side of the wrestling ring, I'm about to spill it out for you. The sponsor is Dice Enemy. And oh my God, they got that Dice Game on lock. 
in a headlock, and they are gonna jack down those prices for you. I'm gonna beat them into the ground with 10% off offered by Hit Dice. All you gotta do is go over to Dice Envy, get some dice that are gonna roll well and are unique to you. Enter the code HITDICEPOD, check out, you'll get 10% off your whole order. And with the holidays coming up, don't neglect to buy your favorite gamer a subscription box or a dice set that they will love. With the savings you're gonna make, hell, you can buy yourself some too. If you're enjoying the knockdown, drag out content that Hit Dice produces, check out a few of their partners. Go on over to the XP web series. They got a real cool series that we support and love. It captures the experience of a Dungeons and Dragons table perfectly. Just like I capture my opponents before I throw them out of the ring. And if you want more quality Dungeons and Dragons content, you can check out Mage Productions, our partner podcast and dear friend. Well, that's all I got for you. Set off the pyrotechnics, and until next Wednesday, 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 I'll see you around.